You're listening to XRFM on KXRY Portland at 91.1 and 107.1 in Portland and 91.7 FM in Nehalem, Manzanita, and Rockaway Beach. Streaming online at xray.fm. This is Amplify Women on X-Ray FM. I'm your host, Nina Dabbitt. I'm the executive producer of Amplify Women and X-Ray's development manager. In celebration of International Women's Day, we're hosting 12 hours of programming, amplifying women's voices and providing intersectional education on a diverse range of issues impacting women in Portland and beyond. Between now and 7 p.m., you'll be hearing some of Portland's most impactful community leaders, educators, activists, artists, and professionals tell their stories to educate, empower, and inspire change. Today, in this half hour, I'm talking to Liz Stark, Development Director of Rosehaven. Rosehaven's a day shelter and community center in Northwest Portland. They serve women, children, and gender nonconforming folks that are experiencing the trauma of abuse, loss of a home, and other life challenges. And they provide a slew of services like meals, clothing, mailboxes, showers, first aid, much, much more. I will allow Liz to to tell you a little bit more about them. But hi, Liz. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me and for amplifying women. Of course, this is one of my favorite parts of my job every year. Um, Liz, can you start off by telling listeners a little bit more in depth about Rosehaven as an organization and the services you provide? Yeah, so Rosehaven is the only day shelter and community center in Portland serving women, children, and people marginalized by their gender. Um, So 25 years ago, we were a place really for women and children, and now we welcome anybody that's trans or non-binary as well. And we are a safe place to go during the day. So, um, you know, night shelters, traditionally, what you can do there is sleep. And the expectation is that you're supposed to be out looking for a job and doing the thing during the day. But that is really hard to do when you have all your personal belongings with you. You don't have a safe mailing address. You need a shower. You don't have access to technology to check your email. So that's where Rosehaven comes in. And unfortunately, you know, Oregon is the second highest in the nation right now for people literally unsheltered. So that's people living outside in cars or in tents. And so that means that those night shelters are at capacity with wait lists. And so more and more people are relying on low barrier day services like ours to fill the gap. So how does the model work? Uh, How do folks come into access services? What's available to them? Yeah, so we are um, a low barrier agency, which means that we don't require ID or sobriety or anything like that to access our services. We have a community agreement that our entire community signs. That means every volunteer, every staff member, every guest that comes in to access services abides by the same rules, which are basically we are going to be respectful in this shared space because it's a congregate setting and we're serving people that are systematically marginalized. So we're dealing with people with a very wide range of physical and mental health needs as well. Um, And so we really do need to be aware of our effect on our neighbors. And so that's, that, that's what binds us. All of our services are first come first serve. Um, so basically there is a line around the block about an hour before we open and we're open Monday through Friday and um, people come in, they check their mail. You can take a shower, you can meet with a social worker. We have an on-site clinic. 
Uh, we have classes and activities, which are probably the most important thing that we do because it has nothing to do with survival. And when you are coming out of trauma, most of your brain is so focused on just meeting basic needs that anything we can do to really humanize folks and, and that's what's going to start healing is, is the release of cortisol. I mean, excuse me, the release of um, oxytocin and serotonin, which counteracts the cortisol that's running through your body when you're in trauma mode. So that's what we do. We're just a safe place to come together and be um, in a, and in a capitalist society. I think everything has an expectation around it. And, and Rosehaven is a place where we just want you to come and be and, and connect with your humanity and with other humans with shared experiences. And so I always say if um, in spite of the, the trauma that may bring people to Rosehaven, it is a happy place um, and we're a sanctuary. So even though it may be the challenges that we have all faced in the world being marginalized by our gender and the, and the, the actual violence that that plays out in, when we actually are able to come together and share our experiences, that is that's what makes us human and that's what makes us thrive. And so that's what we're all about. So I don't think most folks, at least, it, I don't feel like it's a common conversation in the, in the like cultural zeitgeist to talk about day services and day shelters. Like, honestly, I think it kind of goes under talked about because people assume that folks are out quote unquote, looking for a job like you even mentioned. So you've kind of gone into like why a day shelter really matters. Um, and I hope listeners really connect with that and, and realize how important having services at every hour of the day is. Um, but I want to dial into why is, does Rosehaven have this specific gender focus and how does that play out? Thank you for asking. Um, it's for us, it's, it's about, the need for spaces where you can relate to other folks with similar life experiences. That's why our peer support program is so important. And shout out to everybody in the city who's doing peer support programs right now, because it's a really important new wave of care that's that's coming up. Because when, when you are able to relate to other human beings, that's literally what starts the chemical processes in your brain that equates to what we know as happiness and healing. Um, so for us, gender specific spaces are really, really important because domestic violence is the leading cause of homelessness for women in the United States. That's, that's the reality. That's what we're looking at. Um, once you have faced any sort of homelessness, you're chances of experiencing physical or sexual violence are skyrocketing. Um, so the intersection between violence and poverty is huge. And, and when we put our social justice goggles on and, and we talk about what marginalization means in a capitalist society, it's all about access. And what access ultimately boils down to in the society that we all agree upon living in, that is poverty, right? That's what marginalization really means in our day and age. And so when you take a look around Rosehaven, you can see all of those isms playing out, right? Like there's a reason that certain people are accessing services and other people aren't. And it's a combination of those things. And so that's why I really appreciated you calling out intersectionality 
in in the introduction to this podcast because that's really what it all boils down to and and what our work is about is the more marginalizations or challenges that you are facing because you don't fit whatever the in-group is, i.e. those that have the power at the current moment, that means that you are facing more and more challenges in your day-to-day life. And gender is one of those things that equates to whether or not we have access to power and funding in this in this current current world. So that is why I will always advocate for the need for uh, safe spaces for people marginalized by their gender and why Rosehaven exists. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of that is how we started this teaching six years ago now, um, is that we felt that there needed to be space to talk with other folks of marginalized genders, but also bring a specific focus of that this wasn't just like a classic like white women women's march feminism that there was there was a lot more to this but this concept of like being marginalized because of your gender felt really core to at least what we were trying to do with this day as opposed to other special programming days Uh, yeah like when you talk about intersectionality it's like kimberly crenshaw is somebody that we all quote daily But when you look into the work that she has really leaned into and the Say Her Name movement, Mm -hmm. one of those women that Kendra James was one of our guests. Her mom still comes to Rosehaven and is raising her grandbabies. And she has been an outspoken activist. And I 100 percent have consent to say Kendra's name right now. But, you know, when we talk about these issues that is what we are seeing every single day at Rosehaven and the violence that we see and the guests that we have lost over the decade that I've been working there. That's real. You know, like intersectionality isn't just a catchphrase or a term. It's real. And we're talking about access to life-saving resources. Definitely. Um, And I'm going to put a quick plug here for listeners. If you're listening live on the radio, uh, Stay tuned until 10 a.m. And if you're on the podcast, just scroll into the podcast. Um, but there's also going to be a full hour panel with Raphael House, uh, which is a domestic violence shelter in Portland, uh, specifically talking about the intersection of domestic violence and housing. Um, and I, this topic can go on for a really long time uh, because there's there's so many layers to it. So I'm I'm really glad that we've, we get to talk about it multiple times this year. Um, so Rosehaven just finished a huge campaign last year to move into a new expanded space. Uh, and today, on the day this is airing at least, you're actually celebrating the one-year anniversary of it opening on International Women's Day. Can you tell us more about what that space provides, how it's changed your services in the last year? Yes, and... The reality is it still doesn't even feel real we get to hang out there because it is so beautiful. So a year ago, we opened the doors to our 10,000 square foot trauma-informed facility in what used to be World Cup Coffee and Tea right on the corner of 18th Avenue and Gleason Street in Northwest Portland. And we were in a church basement, folks, for about 15 years before that. And COVID made our work really, really hard. So congregate settings, public indoor spaces ceased to exist 
six foot spacing between humans that had to happen in shelters too. And so community settings like ours really had to struggle to keep our services going and to figure out how we were going to serve people safely. And so we were on the sidewalk for two years doing the majority of our supply distribution. So us opening our doors in the new facility was so meaningful for not only the people we serve, but our volunteers, our staff. It was literally coming up coming stepping up because we were in a basement now we're on the street level um and it feels good to be in there and so the whole idea behind trauma-informed design is that we want to promote healing in the space and that we don't want it to feel institutional or um you know just light light bright colors open spaces making things accessible and it really feels good to be there so Anybody is always welcome for a tour and to come and see what we're doing. Um, but it's a really big day for us. We're having a full day of celebration. So we're hosting a celebration for our guests from 9.30 to, or from 9 to noon. And then this evening we are from 5.30 to 7, we're hosting an event for our supporters and then doing a after party at Tembrel Brewing, which is launching a Rose Haven pale ale for us and also doing an International Women's Day celebration. But it really, it means so much for the community of Rosehaven to be back indoors. And the fact that that place was built by the community means even more um, because we don't receive any government funding. So we raised $3 million, mostly from donations under $100. And that place, it represents the power of community. So thank you to everybody who helped make that possible. And the work isn't over. Um, you know, we're still we're still funded entirely through individuals. And it's just a testament to the fact that there really is enough for us to go around if we all work together. And that is the environment that we try to create as an, an environment of abundance. And we just want everybody to know that don't worry, there's enough. Have an extra scoop. Are you hungry? You want an extra scoop? There's plenty more in the kitchen. You really like that dress? You you want you want to take a second dress? It's going to be okay. Like we we really want to create that environment and and so yeah, please come celebrate with us. Again. <laughs> That's really novel. I didn't know that Rose Haven had no government funding, which I feel like is is pretty rare when it comes to like human services nonprofits generally. It is. <laughs> And we're actually, there's a new, there's a Senate bill that's out there right now, SB 606, which Rosehaven and many other nonprofits are in support of, but it's called the Nonprofit Modernization Act. And the goal is to make those funds more transparent, more accessible, so that agencies like ours that are on the front lines doing the work don't have to jump through hoops to access the funds that taxpayers agreed we were going to spend on our community. Um, so I would encourage anybody to, to look into that if you want to learn more about government funding and why it's a barrier for, for nonprofits. So you're a year into this new space and everything it can provide. What does the future look like for the organization, for the space? For everything. Well, we just embarked on a strategic planning process to get us through the next couple of years because all of a sudden we have space to uplift all the other nonprofits and host people. And how are we going to, to do this? And so we have identified 
different goals. Um, one of them that's really important to us is giving voice and having a seat at the table and doing more of this advocacy work and policy work, which we've always stayed really far away from. But now the time is to amplify the voice of our guests and really let people know what the needs are so that the community can respond to the needs. Um, and expanding our programs. Um, we actually have a really exciting announcement. We are launching a mental health program. So that is based off of the self-defined needs of our guests and just the fact that we need to fill the gaps. I mean, more and more people are experiencing extreme crisis and accessible healthcare is a huge part of the reason why people are experiencing poverty to begin with. So we need to be there and we recognize that we're already the place where people are coming to meet basic needs. So we're the logical place to have accessible mental health care. So we're going to be offering one-on-one -on -one support as well as group sessions um, very, very soon. We've actually already hosted our, our first group. So that's an exciting advancement. And I mean, we have just grown so much. Our operating budget has increased by 40% in just a year. We have double the amount of staff we used to have, triple the amount of space, um, but we're just continuing to grow and we're really leaning into community-centric fundraising. And so realizing we never had a space before. We, we, our facility was so humble. So now that we have a beautiful space, we're inviting as many community partners to take advantage of that to maximize outreach as possible. So we host NUNM, which is the naturopathic university every Wednesday night, and they do a community clinic. We're having caseworkers come on site from TPI, you know, Raphael House, um, like people are coming and using the space to, and that is a really important priority for us too. So we're gonna continue to grow to meet the need, but it already feels like we're running out of space. Like we just built our, our dream home and already it's like, wow, the need just continues continues to grow. So hopefully we are going to see more and more people transitioning into housing over the next few years as the bond measures really come into play. Um, but for now, we're kind of just trying to be there to, to deal with people in the most extreme need. And part of that is, is crisis de-escalation and that, that mental health access. Um, for those just tuning in, my name's Nina Dabbitt. I'm speaking with Liz Stark from Rose Haven as part of X-Ray's annual Amplify Women Teach-In. So you've talked a lot about the folks that Rose Haven works with every day. And you, and you work directly with people. This isn't like indirect care in any way. That must provide a really unique perspective on this community and, and the kind of barriers that they're facing both to getting some of that greater stability in terms of housing and otherwise, whether it's things like mental health or or something as simple as just, I'm so stressed I can't, uh, like, decompress from what's happening in my life right now. What stories that you've heard most stick with you? Oh, gosh. There's, I just am so lucky to get to do this work because there's so so many stories and we're, we really are a community center more than anything. Um, I would say this past week, something that's standing out in my mind the most is one of our dear guests, Kim Kennedy, passed away. And she had been a guest of Rose Haven for the past, really since the beginning, for 25 years. She'd been with us since Old Town and is just an amazing Indigenous woman, amazing artist. And we host a soul collage class um, every week where it's really, it's kind of art therapy where people 
come together, they collage, but it's really more about the sharing that goes on about what the collage means to everybody. And people that don't usually socialize really are able to connect and share through this medium. And so last week during the Soul Collage class, we hosted a memorial for Kim and some of the some of the sharing we, we we everybody was able to write down on a card things they remembered about her or things that they remembered about anybody that they had lost and it was it was just so beautiful and people made art pieces with pictures of Kim and the stories and some of the guests one of the guests came up to me and said it was so good to know that when I go I won't be forgotten and it just, it brought everything home for me because you do the work and, and you see all these amazing people every day. And, you know, I'm so lucky that people tell me they love me every day. I get hugs at work. Who gets hugs every day? And who gets art art projects, you know? And it's just a really beautiful community. And of course we see sad things, you know, we've seen loss. We've seen some of our guests murdered and and the way Kim died was just a different kind of violence because she didn't have access to the health care that she needed. But um, the fact that we were able to come together and to celebrate her really just meant so much. And then we we posted some pictures online because she would come to every every Rosehaven event and always had a themed outfit. And people were able to share what they remembered. And I think that 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 is what makes us human is is the effect that we really have on each other. You know, when we look at how we were able to evolve from a very anthropological standpoint, it's because we came together, we we banded together and shared resources and information. And, and that's really what uplifts us. And so, yeah, that's that's probably what's the most in my mind this week, and especially with International Women's Day coming up. Kim was one of the first guests to come through our front doors when we opened. So people started camping out at four o'clock the day before we opened a year ago um, because everybody wanted to be the first one inside for their home. And it really is home, even though nobody sleeps there. It's where people check their mail. It's where we get good news. It's where we get bad news. It's where we grieve. But we see each other and we hear each other. And that's what it's all about is just making people feel seen and heard. And, and sometimes it just comes out in the, in the most beautiful little ways, like the, the art classes and the meals, even the, the love that the volunteers put into every meal. You know, people remember how you like your coffee or what your favorite color is. People say say your name. For some of our guests, the only time they hear their name is when they come inside. Sometimes that's the only time they get to come inside at all, you know? And so there's a huge responsibility in that, but there's also just such an honor. And anybody that wants to get into this work, we're almost entirely volunteer run. So I would welcome anybody to just come in for a coffee, see what we're doing. If direct service isn't for you, there's plenty of things to do behind the scene, but just being a part of an active community fills at least my cup in a way that I don't think I can get anywhere else. And that's what, that's what's special about that place for sure. Definitely. So I feel like we've gone over a lot of, 
Rose Haven's really multifaceted, like impressively so. And just looking from the menu of services available, it's really clear that a lot of thought has gone in to the gaps and services available in the city and, and in the surrounding area. That being said, is there anything that you wish Rose Haven could offer, but can't for whatever reason? Yeah, I mean, our North Star is we would like to be open seven days a week from seven to seven. I don't think we are ever going to get into the business of overnight shelter because that's a really big budget. That's 24 hour staff. That's that's us relying on outside factors that may impact the way we want to do our programming. But if we could be open seven days a week from seven to seven, that would be a game changer. That said, we are entirely community funded. We have one staff that needs to take lunch breaks and vacations. And so we're kind of limited to doing all the work that needs to be done, which is not only serving the guests, but the data entry, the reporting, all of that in an eight hour, five day a week workday. So Though those are the growing pains we're going through right now. We like I said, we've doubled our staff in just a year's time. Everything has grown so quickly. And now we we're here and we have to figure out how we're going to continue to sustain this work. And so luckily we have a really visible new spot. And so more people see us and want to partner with us. But the downfall to that is we now have NIMBYs, which we never had when we were in a church basement. So it's it's kind of the double-edged sword. You know, the more exposure that you have and the more people know what you're doing, the more trolls are out there as well. So that's the nature of the beast, I suppose. I'm going to try and refrain from commenting on the NIMBYs as a resident of living in the, in the backyard. Yeah, I, I live in a one-bedroom apartment in Northwest Portland, um, but there are these, like, McMansions around here, so that's it's quite the mix. Um, it is, but it, you know there's more people living in income, low-income housing in Northwest Portland than any other quadrant of the city, and people don't even realize that. Yeah, if listeners need access to services, either for themselves or somebody in their life, how can they get connected to Rosehaven? Yeah, so come see us. We are open from 9 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday, and then from 1 to 4 as well, Monday through Friday. We also have the community clinic with NUNM, which is Wednesday nights. You have to call NUNM directly to book those appointments. You can also call us, um, 503-248-6364. We, we're here. You know, we're right on the corner of Northwest 18th Avenue and Gleason Street. It's right off of the 77 bus line. It's walking distance from the max and streetcar. We try to be really accessible. Um, on your first visit, you will have to do an intake, which is a really short, low barrier process. It's a one page form you have to fill out with basically like, who are you? What do you need help with? So we know what resources to offer you to expedite whatever it is you need. Um, and then it's a matter of signing the community agreement and you can come as often as you need. You know, we have some guests that come every single day to check their mail, charge their phone, take a shower, get clean clothes. If we don't see them, we're worried. We have some guests that have stable housing, but rely on us for things like diapers, wipes, pads, tampons, soap, shampoo, conditioner, none of which you can buy with food stamps. Um, so really doesn't matter what kind of help you need or if you're just looking for community if you are experiencing poverty and you're marginalized by your gender you're welcome at Rosehaven and you know some people just come in to play bingo or do an art class um some people really 
rely on is for for survival. Um, and so it just depends what your needs are, but you'll get a chance on during your intake to connect one-on-one -on -one with one of our advocates and let us know exactly what it is that's going on. And so whether you need help finding out where you're going to sleep that night or getting back into school, we can help you figure that out. And we've got access to technology on site. We can help you with the paperwork if you need. We're working on getting more translators. If you need to, if you're looking to volunteer your time, um, come and spend time with us in that way. Um, and especially if you speak a different language, come volunteer with us because we're looking to have as many translators in the house as possible. Because right now we're serving about 120 people a day. Um, and so that that's the reality of, of what those gaps are in the city that need to be filled. Um, there's a huge need for our services. And that means there's a huge need for us to have volunteer support, financial support, and of course, you know, just coming in to like lift each other up. I think that the guests, the connections that the guests make with each other are probably the most valuable thing that we offer. Uh, how can folks best support your work? You can visit rosehaven.org. Um, we update our website every Monday with our top needs. So if we run out of underwear, we will put it on there. Um, and then that way you, always know exactly what we need. We also update our Instagram every Monday with the top needs of the week. Um, also, please follow us on Instagram. We are desperately trying to get to 10,000 followers organically. We're at like 9,000 and something. But once you hit 10,000, you get to use a bunch of different parts of the app and you get more people see you. It's a whole algorithm thing. So if you could please follow us, that would help us a lot because everything we're doing is really grassroots. Um, and yeah, if you, you know, I think everybody just does what they can and that's what makes Rosehaven work. So some people are able to donate financially. Some people are able to donate their time for some people donating $10 is a lot. And for some people donating 10,000 is a lot, but everybody does what they can. And that's how we're able to keep it going. And if you don't think that a donation of $10 or less matters, I'm here to tell you that it really does. And if you walk by Rosehaven, that place was built $10 at a time. And when you look at giving across the United States, over 80% of giving is happening from people that are at or below the poverty line. It's not the people with the big money that are funding these programs. It's people like you and me that see the need and that are doing the work. And so just know that if you care, you matter. <laughs> you can't make a difference. So you've been listening to my discussion with Liz Stark, who is the development director at Rose Haven. Thank you so much for, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this has been really great. This has been part of Amplify Women on X-Ray FM. It's a celebration of International Women's Day. We'll keep going. We've preempted all our regular programming till 7 p.m. I'm Mina Dabbitt. You can stay tuned after this to hear my conversation this week with investigative reporter Piper McDaniel on Street Roots Radio. Radio's yours.